your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Welcome back to another week of Study Buddies, the podcast where we bring you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. And sometimes more also means sometimes the things that we bring to you are not the latest, but the greatest in science and psychology. Oh, yeah. Today we have got a study for you. My name is Paola Sanchez Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. And so Taylor had reached out to me a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, I want to do this study and it's not new, but it's certainly important. And I was like, yeah, hit me with it. So uh, tell us what the study is, Taylor. Yeah, so this study is actually called The Relationship of Childhood Abuse and Household Dysfunction to Many of the Leading Causes of Death in Adults. Whoa, that's some big, that's some big heart stuff right there. That's some science that affects like, ooh, his heart. If I am not mistaken, this study is also often referred to as the ACES study. Uh, Can you just tell me why? Yeah, so... Um, This study is uh, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. It was published in uh, 1998, organized by the CDC and Kaiser Permanente, and published in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine. Wow. And so this was a pretty big study. Cool. What was the purpose of this study? So they really wanted to look at how ACEs, these adverse childhood experiences, impact health outcomes as adults. Mm -hmm. So this was one of the first studies to really demonstrate a medical link between multiple adverse outcomes on a medical scale as adults and like what has occurred in childhood lives. Which would be a very interesting link. Yeah. So they, they, the way they um, described it is they wanted to look at the long-term impact of abuse and household dysfunction during childhood on disease risk factors, quality of life, healthcare utilization, and mortality. And they ultimately ended up finding was that exposure to this increased the risk risk for 7 out of 10 of the leading causes of death in the United States. Whoa, okay, okay. (laughs) Let's go back to the beginning. How did they even set this up so they could find that out? Yeah, so they used Kaiser Permanente's San Diego Health Appraisal Clinic, which did over 45,000 exams on adults every year. So that was their site, and they got approval from the Institutional Review Board that in the area that was necessary and other necessary groups. Good old IRB. Yeah, um, in order to do, like, these, you know, studies on humans. And all 13,494 Kaiser Health plan members who completed like a standard medical evaluation at the clinic between August of 1995 and March of 1996 were eligible to participate in the study, Mm. Um, except for they excluded uh, participants just within December because those people tend to, like December time tends to be less responsive to surveys over the holidays. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm not filling out any surveys right now. Yeah, so they, with with the exception of that time period, um, they, everyone that had gotten these medical exams was allowed to participate. So one week after visiting the clinic and getting, getting like this health data and checkups, um, members were then mailed out this questionnaire to gather this ACE data, this adverse childhood experiences data. 
Mm-hmm. And then they sent out a second mailing to those that didn't respond. I feel like that would be like my group. The yeah. One that was like kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, but, but got it the second time around. Um, <laughs> but they ultimately ended up with a response rate of 70.5%, which ended up being like 9,508 people out of the 13,500. 13, this was a huge, huge study. So there were people that responded and people that didn't. Were there any differences between those who responded and who didn't? Um, Yeah, they looked at education, gender, race, and age and found that the people who did respond tended to be a bit older. They had the time. They weren't hustling. Right. They tended to be (laughs) like the the mean was 56 years versus 49 years. Um, And they were more likely to be white, 84% white versus 75% white. So the differences really weren't that big. Uh, so it was actually decently representative of the clinic population. Okay. So yeah, essentially, like there were there were definitely resp- like people who didn't respond. They saw a difference, but it's just not very large. Okay. So then, what did they look at in the ACE questionnaire? So the study used questions and definitions from previous published studies that had valid measures to create the ACEs questionnaire. So mm. they didn't come up with like these ideas of what they were looking at out of nowhere, but they 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 pulled things from from things that were like used prior. And the questionnaire gathered both, like, adverse childhood experiences data and then additional, like, health uh, behavior-related data that could be, like, health risks or problems Mm. that people might engage in. All right. Okay. So then how did they – since they were pulling these from other published studies, how did they categorize the adverse experiences in childhood specifically? (laughs) Yeah. So they they definitely wanted to look just at childhood. And when they actually sent out these surveys – they had 17 questions that fit into seven categories of adverse childhood experiences. Wow, um, and so this this survey had like began with while you were growing up during your first first 18 years of life, and then it had you know the 17 questions. Within mm-hmm. the seven categories, the first three categories were abuse. So these were like there were two questions for psychological abuse two questions for physical abuse, and four questions for sexual abuse. And to give you an idea of what some of those questions are, it would be questions like, did for psychological abuse, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at, insult, or put you down? Or did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often act in a way that made you afraid that you would be physically hurt? So for physical abuse, they ask questions like, did a parent or other adult in the house often or very often hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? And then for sexual abuse, they had four questions that were, did an adult or a person at least five years older than you ever uh, touch or fondle you in a sexual way or attempt oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse with you? Uh. Um, so they're pretty... They're pretty direct questions. Sure are. And you just answer them in a yes or no format. Yeah. Wow. And so those were the first three categories uh, of adverse childhood experiences under the abuse. And then they had four more categories under household dysfunction. And Mm -hmm. so those four categories were substance abuse, uh, mental illness in the home, a mother or parent treated violently, and criminal behavior in the household. Okay. So they had two questions for substance use, and those were similar to during the first 18 years of life. Did you ever live with someone who was a problem drinker or an alcoholic? Mental illness questions were like, 
was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? Mm -hmm. And then to assess, like, the domestic violence piece, they asked, like, was your mother or stepmother uh, sometimes often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Or uh, questions like, were they ever threatened with or hurt by a knife or a gun? Mm, Wow. These are very intense questions. I can't imagine having to like complete this survey. Right. It is a a tough survey to complete. Yeah. And um, the last category was just criminal behavior in the household. Mm -hmm. And that for that question, they asked, did a household member go to prison? And so again, when they were assessing this, this is a self-report measure Mm -hmm. where people are, you know, answering these, all of these questions just in a yes or no format uh, about their first 18 years of life. Okay. So it's it's also important to note that like there's the seven categories, but a couple questions in each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you answered, so if there's a category that had four questions, for example, um, the question about like domestic violence or parental violence against your mom, if you answer yes to even one of the questions, then it counts as towards your ACE score, that entire category. So out of the seven categories, you can get an A score of zero to seven, depending on how many categories you have that you answered a question yes in. Okay. 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 Cute, you no, said sorry. that they also measured problematic health-related data with this questionnaire. So what did they look at there? They wanted to look at other behaviors or health data that would also be significantly related to mortality. Mm-hmm. Um, so they looked at like things that cause you to die. So things like they included smoking severe obesity, physical inactivity, depressed mood, suicide attempts, alcoholism, drug abuse, non-oral drug abuse. So like IVs. Right. A high lifetime number of sexual partners. So like having 50 or more sexual partners is what they measured for that. And Mm -hmm. a history of having an STD. So these are basically also like risky behaviors that like a person would engage with Mm -hmm. themselves cool so then since they had all this medical health data they looked at some disease conditions and like prevalence too what disease conditions did they look at yeah so they looked also to gather information as to if there was any history of ischemic heart disease like including having heart attacks Mm, um, any cancer stroke chronic bronchitis emphysema copd uh, which I believe is chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder or disease. Sounds right chronic to me. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. <laughs> yeah. Diabetes, hepatitis, or jaundice. Um, and skeletal fractures they also looked at, which they were looking at, like, measuring, like, unintended injuries. Interesting. Um, and they added one other variable, which I thought was interesting, um, which was they asked the question, do you consider your physical health to be excellent, very good, good, fair or poor Hmm. and that's because in the past this has been proven to be actually strongly predictive of mortality whoa hold up so um basically we're psychic apparently or i think (laughs) at least we have we can have some like self insight into our own level of health i think that's that's what that's kind of saying striking so how many people were actually measured with all this data yeah so of those 9,508 people in the survey Some participants ended up being excluded from the analysis for not responding to all of the questions. Mm. So they ended up with 8,506 participants. Okay. Um, And I looked at the breakdown of like who was excluded for like what reasons. And I actually think the biggest number of people who are excluded 
was uh, 7.9% of that, like, 9,500 group mm-hmm. um, did not respond to the child sexual abuse question. About 753 people did not respond to that question, which Oof, is really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, compared to other things where people might not have, like, responded to their race or responded to a different question, right. those tended to be, like, around 1%. But that one just kind of stood out to me in the yeah, paper. that does stand out. So what did the demographics of the participants that ended up being in it look like? It was like about half women, half men, like 52% women. There were 94% were high school graduates and 43% were college graduates and 79% or so were white. Okay. So the big question, how did they analyze the data? Well, this study used a lot of fancy statistics. We're gonna have to naturally. start. We're have to. We're gonna have to make a little jingle that says "fancy statistics." I totally think we need that. We need something <laughs> to chime in because I will say there. This happens quite often. Yep. Um. So they, they controlled for certain things such as like age, sex, race, and education. So those factors weren't like really being the big influencer on the results. Right. And then they did a logistic regression model, which is, again, a fancy statistics, just means a fancy statistics run for each ACE score. So remember how I said there's seven categories of the ACEs? Mm -hmm. And those seven categories are psychological abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Uh um, And then Four categories of household dysfunction are like substance abuse in the within the home growing up, mental illness of a caregiver growing up, like witnessing domestic violence and uh, criminal behavior in the household, so someone going to jail. So those were the seven categories. So depending on if you qualified for them or not, you have an A score of like zero to seven. Right, right. And so what they did is they run ran like a – this fancy regression under each score. So they looked at all the people who had zero, all the people who had one ace, all the people Mm. had two aces, Mm -hmm. all the way up to all the people who had seven aces. So what did they find? Who is likely to have those ace scores? More than half of the respondents, like 52%, experienced at least one category of adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. And Mm. 6.2% reported four or more adverse childhood experiences. Wow. So four or more wow. was not as common in this. So most prevalent of the seven categories was actually substance use in the household. 25.6% yeah. of the respondents said yes to this. And the least prevalent mm. category was criminal exposure. So like 3.4% saying like a household member went to jail before they were 18. They also found that if you were exposed to any one of those categories mm-hmm. of abuse or household dysfunction, you are statistically more likely to have been exposed to any one other. So if you were exposed to one, you had between a 65 and 93% chance of being exposed to a second. And if you were exposed to one, you had between a 40 and a 74% chance of being exposed to two more. So even being exposed to one increases the likelihood of being exposed to more, which is really interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And they did find that fewer categories of exposure were found or at least reported among older people, um, white or Asian people, and college graduates. (laughs) Interesting. So then how did those ACE scores relate to the 10 health risk factors, which I believe were smoking, severe obesity, physical inactivity, depressed mood, suicide attempts, alcoholism, drug abuse, 
50 plus sexual partners and a history of having an STI. So the prevalence and risk of smoking, obesity, physical inactivity, depressed mood, and suicide attempts all increased with higher ACE scores. <laughs> they compared like the people who had zero ACEs, like so zero, so zero of these specific adverse experiences in their childhood to people who have had four or more uh, of those categories. And yeah. they found that the people with four or more adverse childhood experiences are 7.4 times more likely to consider themselves an alcoholic, 2.2 times more likely to be a current smoker, 4.7 times more likely to have used illicit drugs, 10.3 times as likely to be IV drug users, 3.2 times more likely to have 50-plus sexual partners, 2.5 times more likely to have had a sexually transmitted disease, 4.6 times more likely to have felt two or more weeks of a depressed mood within the past year, and 12.2 times more likely to have attempted suicide. So those people that have four or more ACEs are all just way more likely to have either engaged in risky behavior that would impact your health or have be at risk for mental health disorders or or issues. Right. And the interesting thing with this study is they didn't even just look at just those risk factors and the mental health factors, they also looked at disease. Um, So when they looked at the people, the population who um, had the zero ACEs compared to the four or more ACEs, they found that those with four or more ACEs were 3.9 times more likely to have chronic bronchitis or emphysema, 2.3 times more likely to have hepatitis or jaundice, 2.2 times more likely to self-report poor health, like they found a significant relationship between these ACE scores and um, ischemic heart disease, cancer, um, chronic bronchitis or emphysema, hepatitis or jaundice, skeletal fractures, and poor self-rated health. So after all of this, what does all of this data mean? The authors are saying that the findings suggest the impact of these adverse childhood experiences on adult health status is strong and it's cumulative over time and that we should have like primary, secondary, and tertiary intervention strategies to fix this health problem. And what those like very confusing words of primary, secondary, and tertiary mean is that we shouldn't just be intervening like to fix these health problems when they arise, we should be intervening at different stages across them. So like the primary intervention would be like the prevention of these adverse childhood experiences. So that's programs that are like in the home, working with families, like working with, you know, kids who are exhibiting these signs or parents who have a history of this, like getting in there to reduce the impact of these and reduce these from happening um, on a primary level. And then a secondary level would be responding to, like the health risk behaviors, those things like smoking and obesity and, you know, like large amounts of sexual partner use, like those, those types of like risky behaviors that then impact those other long-term, long-term diseases. Right. And then the tertiary prevention strategy would be like treating these chronic adult, like long-term health problems that arise, but that have been linked to these adverse childhood experiences. Right. Yeah. No, that all makes total sense. It needs not just we need to prevent it, yes, but we also need to address it when it's existing. Right. Tell me a little bit about the limitations of this study. 
Well, so the limitations are that this study was like self-report and Mm, retrospective, which is like you have to think back on if this happened to you before you were 18. Um, And obviously, like people may not always respond to something that's like in the past and remember it correctly, Mm -hmm. as we've learned in some of our memory studies. Um, But particularly with data that could be potentially triggering. There might be some omission or um, some hesitancy with with sharing that. They Mm -hmm. did compare like some things like um, the instances of sexual abuse reported in the study to other studies on national scales that have looked at that. And it did seem to compare or fall within like similar lines. Okay. But that's always of note when we do something self-report. Right. Naturally. And they said there could be other like mediating factors or basically like things that could have gotten in the way that might be affecting the data that they didn't particularly explore. Right. There's always, as you said, with like psychology studies and social sciences, there's just so many things that you can't control for. Right. You can't collect every piece of data on someone's entire life and control for everything. Right. But Um, I would say that while there's all these limitations, this study is addressed time and time again. So it it must be like a pretty well-designed study overall, right? Yeah. Overall, it's like a really large-scale study um, Mm -hmm. that really ultimately linked these sort of like environmental pieces of data, which would be these adverse childhood experiences, these things to like direct health outcomes. And I think it's, this is a really important study because it's one of the first studies to really like give the gravity of like how household dysfunction and childhood abuse and trauma can like really impact our health. And so there's the TED Talk by Nadine Burke Harris about this study that you sent me and we'll link it in the show notes. And she shares uh, some additional research beyond this addition, this initial study that shows that ACEs affects our health co- outcomes even if you don't engage in risky behaviors. How does that happen do you know yeah I think that's so interesting as they kept exploring this like like this repeated exposure to childhood stress and trauma Mm -hmm. it's not just like it is definitely that it impacts us and like our likelihood to engage in these risky behaviors which affects like our likelihood to get diseases from these behaviors um, or long-term health problems but it's also that these adverse childhood experiences change our physiology and they affect our brain structures and how our brain functions. Like continually being exposed to these really threatening scenarios affects our our stress response and the HPA axis and like these hormones that are, you know, being released constantly. Mm. And that when you're, you know, a child and you have this developing you know, brain system and your body, it will affect our developing immune system. It affects our hormone right. systems and it even affects how our DNA is read and transcribed. That is absolutely wild. Just some general light science to uh, send you into your week. Thank you so much for bringing in this study. I'm looking forward to a Passing Notes episode where perhaps we can bring you some levity because <laughs> this is some really, this is some tough stuff. This is like a really impactful study all around um, that talks about some some traumatic stuff. Right. And I think there's there's something that um, Nadine Burke Harris says sort of at the end of her TED Talk where she's saying how hard it is for us to talk about these things yeah. and almost that it's easier for us to put them in a zip code or put them like outside of ourselves or put them in yeah. an other or like these, these things happen to other people. But when you actually 
look at the data, they happen to us. They happen to people. And it's not just people who are in poverty who have right. these A scores. It, you know, it's not just like one group. It's across, you know, it's across cultures. There's other, this impacts other people. Yeah. And so I think there's this, um, there's this fear of having these conversations and examining our ACEs because they are so triggering. Like yeah. the questions I read earlier can be very triggering because if you had one of those experiences, that's that question will bring you back. directly back into right. that memory. And that's like a really hard thing to face. Yeah. So I think a lot of times like physicians and um, like primary care people aren't really wanting to ask or look into these yeah. these things because they're so they're so intimate and there's people are so unwilling to discuss that's them. so true well it'll be fun for us to talk about it next week taylor <laughs> fun is a really interesting <laughs> word to use there paula oh, um, we'll make it super super fun it's hard because <laughs> i do think it's important to like note like that the aces have an impact on yeah. us like and you know, it's something that, like, if you're at a place where you're ready to look at your own A score and explore those things, then do that. But if you're not, then also don't. don't. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that because you have an A score, you're doomed or a high yeah. A score, you're doomed. And it doesn't, you know. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. I think that lots of people go through, you know, uh, like adverse childhood experiences. And I do think that it's going to inevitably impact society so we must look at how and why but it doesn't mean that you are going to you know your life isn't over or you're not you know like the the science is there but we we there's interventions at all stages so we aren't doomed you're not doomed you aren't and i think it's important that if we want to change things we have to look at them and we have to acknowledge them and here we are doing the science acknowledging it all yeah so this was a study again not, nothing super new this was from like 1998 but we're still learning to adapt yeah. to this we're still learning to develop like comprehensive care that addresses right. more things and doesn't just doesn't just say that like smoking and COPD are just health issues like no smoking and COPD are related to some of these things that happened to us in our childhood. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you for bringing in this study, Taylor. I'm really, I am looking forward to this Passing Notes episodes for, for many reasons. And we will see you next Tuesday for another episode of Study Buddies. Thanks for joining us, my friends. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught In Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.